All right. Well, welcome back to the From Any People's Strength podcast. It is Friday, November the 5th, 2021. It is I, your host, Jamie Neugebauer, and my partner in the pod, uh, Matt Gourley, continue to walk through this crazy men's national team octagonal qualifying process. And the big news today coming out from uh, John Herdman's camp is that they have announced their uh, squad and there's a new face in the squad it maybe isn't Daniel Jebison that maybe we're all thinking it might be um, but uh, you know more on that later but uh, first off Matt Gurley thanks for joining me how are you doing I'm doing great thanks how are you doing Jamie yeah really good about uh, like five days or something from when my my uh, second baby is due so I might be a little uh you know half awake maybe half alive when uh we next uh when, when we see these games actually played as canada gets set to take on costa rica and uh, mexico in edmonton blustery Mex- edmonton have you taken a look at the uh at the forecast then by any chance do you know what you know what's coming it, it looks pretty reasonable um it, it's looking like a minus two at kickoff for the costa rica match um should be a tidge colder for mexico maybe not much the the precipitation has been all over the map though a few days ago they were saying like 60 percent chance of something and then now it's down to like 20 percent, and so it's been yo-yoing so who knows if it might rain or snow during the day or during the match for costa rica but otherwise it seems pretty mm-hmm. pretty pleasant for november 12th yeah for sure and that's obviously good news you want it to be chilly so that there's some home field advantage that way but you don't want it to be like a snowstorm because that's not good for anybody i think that's just my perspective maybe somebody else out there, out there wants a snowstorm but uh, I, don't, I, I don't think anybody I'm, <laughs> I'm the same way with particularly with costa rica i think the you know cold is good you know within limits but certainly dry not too windy not not no snow no rain whatever mm-hmm. would be ideal Mexico, I think, you know, uh, you know, I, uh, talent is pretty even there, if, if not shaded towards the Mexicans. So, you know, I, I don't think that's going to, if it does snow for that one, that might help us a little bit. Whereas I think, you know, it could hinder us against Costa Rica. Um, the X factor being things get kind of simple when it gets that bad weather. So, uh, and I don't think Canada has the kind of, big bodies, set piece type guys that might score kind of a greasy goal in a snowstorm. So I don't really want that too badly, but we'll see what happens. It's out of our hands. So, yeah, well, I mean, <clears throat> we'll, we'll obviously preview the Mexico game in depth uh, closer to it, but uh, I mean, Raul, uh, you know, Chucky Lozano, Jesus Corona, you know, they're all here. So, uh, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe a snowstorm would be terrible. Anyways, we'll get into that later. Uh, they are all on a caution. Any one of those three could be suspended if they pick up a caution against the Americans. Right. So, uh, um, fair enough. That would be nice. We're getting way ahead of ourselves. <laughs> yeah, we have, for sure. Obviously, every Mexican team is going to be stacked. So, there's also that. All right. Canada's squad comes out. And I think the, the two p- biggest pieces of news, at least from my perspective, is that the Turks are back. Atiba Hutchinson and Kyle Aaron back from uh, Besiktas, uh, which is good. They were supposed to kind of be in around, or they weren't sure last time out. They were dealing with an injury, but they're back in here. And then uh, E.K. Ugbo makes his uh, first uh, call up out of uh, Circle of Bruges in, or Gank in Belgium. Is it Gank in Belgium right now? It's Gank, yeah, it's right? Gank. 
Yeah, he was, he was on Circle of Bruges in Belgium. Uh, you know, which of those uh, two are the most interesting for you? I mean, I guess I was certainly hoping that uh, Tiva and Kyle Aaron would be back for this this window. And once they both played last week in the Champions League, and, and blessfully, I mean, they were getting blown out midweek in the Champions League, and they both made their exits right around the hour mark, which I thought, hey, the rest of those legs a little bit is good for me. So um, yeah. that that was, you know, you're hoping everyone's good, you know, be relatively healthy, especially those two, so they're supposed to be, nearing health uh, at the end of the last window but uh, EK Igbo just came out of left field so it's exciting it's going to be curious to see if he does get on the pitch I think he probably will feature at some point in some capacity but I guess that's certainly not a given but uh, yeah um, I think that caught most people off guard so yeah well yeah as I said there was uh, a sort of a tease sent out by Gareth Wheeler who for better or worse has some sources of some sort, it seems. And he's like, you're never going to get in it. Nobody's going to get it. But he still teased us anyway. But anyways. What? <laughs> he, 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 I mean, everyone was sort of thinking about uh, Daniel Jebison and then a little bit maybe yeah. of uh, Ferdy Kadigalu. But when he said yeah. it was someone that was going to get called off World Cup qualifying for another country, that really threw me off. And then I, I did sort of think, you know, could it be Okpo who was, you know, being pursued a little bit by Nigeria despite being an English youth international? And yeah, he was a player that I wasn't particularly thinking as being um, close or an option, but he, he, he looks good in what little I've seen of him. So um, an exciting option for sure. And, you know, depth is depth, especially up front. So yeah, um, happy to see him on board. Yeah, I mean, we haven't seen the best from Lucas Cavallini for Canada for a while now. And, um, you know, there's only so many minutes that you can expect Johnny David to play in the middle. You can only expect Kyle Aaron to play so many minutes in the middle. So, um, you know, the fact that there's a two-game window instead of a three will be interesting. How do you, how do you think that kind of changes it? Does that mean that maybe Herdman plays as full-strength full squads as much as possible both times? Because that's sort of my what I'm thinking. Yeah, I, I really think they'll play almost the same 11 both matches. Um, yeah. You can get away with it, probably. Uh, I would say if Atiba Hutchinson plays against Costa Rica and then Mark Anthony K plays against Mexico or vice versa, that wouldn't shock me. Um, I tend to think Stephen Vittori is not really built to play 90 minutes twice in four or five days, but we might test mm-hmm. that uh, this window, I think. You probably want him out there against against Mexico, and so you also don't want to not start him for the first match. So I, I think we might may see Vittoria for from the start for both those two matches, but that might be the other area where you do see some rotation. But otherwise, I I think we'll see the same eleven almost exactly. So as much as guys like you know even Osorio and you know we're talking about Ugbo. Um, you know, K potentially, like, you know, they might not start either match. So, you know, those are pretty good players to have off the bench, which is a bit of a change from the last cycle where um, it's getting pretty thin there for a change with all the injuries that were, were taking place. Mm-hmm. And uh, another guy that comes in that I think, uh, you know, there, there's, there was, there's questions. Should it have been, you know, Theo Corbineau? Should it have been this guy who, you know, who's, Who's the answer out there as an extra winger? Should should they have gone back to to, to Nova Scotia, Messi, uh, Schaffelberg, which they didn't? Um, but it's another you know call for Liam Miller, who's been doing very very well at Basel. 
Yeah, I I mean, you feel for Shackleberg. He's playing great. He's probably mad of the match in the Voyager's Cup match yeah. on Wednesday. He had a really good match. You know, his form hasn't dipped at all. Um, yeah. And yet, you know, you pick a 23-man squad and Cavallini's <laughs> back in, which I actually really wasn't sure Cavallini would get called back in, but he's there. And I, I mean, I think he should be part of this group moving forward. But right now, it's sort of thinking, mm, you know, he's not playing a ton. His form's not great. So, um, but... You know, Liam Miller's playing really well. He scored again um, in Europe midweek. Uh, that that Basel against Zurich kind of derby match for the top of the table was absolutely bananas. Um, and he had a really good match. So uh, mm-hmm. that was the best match I saw last weekend for sure. Best match I saw all week. Uh, it was 3-2 late and Basel actually scored late. They thought to clinch it and then they VAR'd it, reversed it. And then like 10 seconds later, Zurich tied in like the 90... 90- God knows what of added time mm. to, to equalize. So um, it was lively. It was back and forth, and Miller looked pretty good. Both both finished his chance well and was creating things, and mm-hmm. he looked good. Uh, Corbiano, I mean, I, unfortunately, it was really tough to catch English matches. So I haven't seen him play for Wednesday, and of course, he hasn't been playing much, but uh, mm-hmm. I did see the highlights and, um, you know, took a goal with his right foot and then sent it a great cross with his left to set up the second goal. Uh, his first real start in the league for Wednesday. And hopefully that's going from strength to strength. And he'll, uh, I think they have an FA Cup match with Plymouth this weekend. So hopefully he plays well again there. But again, you know, he's had one start in the league this year. So mm-hmm. um, maybe a little early for Theo Corbiano at this point. Big mm-hmm. picture, I think I rate Corbiano a little bit ahead of Miller, and plus he's you know a little bit younger, but mm-hmm. comparable players. And right now, I think Liam Miller's the choice. I mean, you know, there's no who's for the future. The future is right now. We need to win matches, and I don't particularly see Liam Miller as a likely option to get off the bench. Same with probably Cavallini. I don't think I'd expect them to come in, particularly with the options we have up top. Like you know, if one of those guys comes in, it means you know. Laren and or David and or Tejan Buchanan's probably coming out. So, you know, that's, that's, you know, those are, those are tough choices to make as a a manager. You want to freshen up the squad and bring in impact subs, but it's tough to be like, you know, maybe needing a goal over to the situation is and saying, yeah, let's take Tejan Buchanan out or let's take, you know, Richie Larea out or, you know, so it's, yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And, and to your point earlier, like it's not exactly with only two games in the window, it's not a, a window, even though it's in short span, it's not a window where you're going to need to play, you know, every guy, you know, like that's, that's a disaster if that happens. So, um, yeah, I, yeah, to, I, to, we it's might not, see... it's not like, it's not a window that you need ex- like to give people experience kind of thing, you know? Yeah, and unless, I mean, it'd be great, but unless, you know, it's a 3 nothing, 4 nothing win over Costa Rica, in which case you take out, you know, David Davies, a stack, you know, and give them their, their victory lap and wave to the crowd and applaud, you know, they might only use 13 or 14 guys because I think both matches will be close and contested and you'll won't see a lot of subs. And, you know, because, I mean, it's, the group is the group right now and the starting 11s getting pretty solidified and um you know as we sort of just talked about it's a it's a big yeah. shot to take off some of these guys right like it's yeah. you know you're taking off an impact player in almost every position you, you care to name so yeah i know it's it's cool and speaking of impact another guy that came in that um wasn't in last i guess because of covid was uh is milan borian 
who, uh, you know, does he start? Is he John Herdman's guy? It seems like he's he's got that relationship with Herdman where Herdman says, if you're here, you're our number one. It's what it seems like to me. I, I He is for me. I, I would be surprised if he's not the guy. Um, I think people have sometimes selective memories when it comes to our goalkeeper, particularly people who favor someone like Maxim Crepeau. Mm-hmm. Um I love. I mean, I, I like the world of Max McCreary. He's playing very well right now for the Whitecaps. But um, yeah. and people say, "Wow, you know, Borean makes mistakes," and sort of. I mean, it wasn't punished; and it was deemed a certain way. But I mean, Crepeau nearly threw the ball away and dropped it to a Mexican player that almost tackled him and kind of got away <laughs> with it. I mean, yeah, we don't talk about that much, but I mean, it feels like different cycles. That would have been a disaster, and it was just you know. And, it, you know, I'm not really blaming Craig Poe. It was a weird thing that happened. It fell out of his hands. But, you know, no yeah. one's saying, well, Max Craig Poe makes a mistake because he just seems he gets the, the, he gets the benefit of the doubt in those situations, especially since it wasn't called. But um, yeah. I have a lot of confidence in Borean. I think he's a presence back there. Um, I think he's, he seems like he's got a bit of a leadership role. I mean, Craig Poe too is, does as well. He's generally quite good in the air, quite solid in traffic, which I always appreciate. But, um, mm-hmm. You know, it's nice to have those choices, but I think Borean's the guy. The interesting thing to me, and I'm not surprised at all, is that that Ben Tennis kept his spot because, I mean, I don't know for certain given Montreal situation, but Brezza's played there since playing well in the Voyagers Cup. Brezza's kind of taken over that shirt as they head down the stretch mm-hmm. here, needing to win matches in the playoffs. So, um, you know, Ben Tennis isn't maybe even first choice right now for of Montreal, but you know he has been involved much more than Brezza has on the national team scene. So. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming that's the thinking there, but, um, and again, it's the number three keeper. I mean, yeah, exactly. <laughs> if we're seeing him, something's gone horribly, horribly wrong. Yeah. And does, I mean, that there's to, to that point, like it's not that important. It's also, again, two, two, uh, two games in the window. Um, it's not, it's not, they're not traveling anywhere. Um, I think, I think Borean will play 180. Um, uh, you know, and it's a, a thing too where uh, John Herdman has said many, many times, and we've talked about it many, many times on this podcast already, that he wants to make the Canadian national team into what kind of feels like a club, a club team. And uh, Pentemis is kind of part of that to to some degree. I mean, Dane St. Clair showed up and, and stuff at different times, but Pentemis went to the, um, you know, he went to the uh, the Olympic qualifying there when it seemed like it wasn't easy to get guys to go there. So, you know, there was that, and and so I guess it's kind of a reward for for the past uh, too for Pantemis, which is, you know, fair enough. That's what you can use third string uh, third string guys for. Um, if you're just wondering too, yes, like the big boys are there. Alfonso is there. Tejan is there. Uh, Johnny David is there. Uh, you know, Laren is there. The list kind of goes on. Estacchio is there. So, it, you know, it's the, the the loyalty that these guys are showing to this program uh, is just uh, is just fantastic. Like every window earlier on, I'd be like, oh, are they there? Are they going to choose to not come? Da, da, da. I think uh, and you would might I don't know if you agree with this, but uh, they, they seem like so committed now. And obviously results probably help. But uh, like they, they really putting their money where their mouth is all these guys. Oh yeah, I think everyone here is all in. I mean, there's there's zero doubt. I, I uh, even the teams. You know, I'm sure some of these guys have a little bit of club pressure, but 
um, yeah, I, I, I don't even doubt the commitment anymore. I mean, I don't think it's anyone where you're thinking, well, you know, they've got a big cup match or, you know, whatever it happens to be. These guys want to be here. They want to push to get over the line. And these are, you know, every window's huge now. So there's, you know, three big windows left and uh, no one's really uh, in a position to hold anything back. For sure. So Canada comes out with its squad. Uh, just run through it real quick. Adakuvi, Borian, Buchanan, Cavallini, Cornelius, Cropo, David, Davies, Estacchio, Henry, Hutchinson, Johnston, Kay, Laren, Larea, Miller, Miller, Millar, Miller. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Osorio, Pentamus, Piet, Ugbo, Vittoria, and Watherspoon. And as they say there, E.K. Agbo with his uh, his first uh, call up and, you know, just some nice depth. I guess they don't. Uh, they think he's better than Tesho Akindeli probably is. Um, so trip better than Brim probably is. So <laughs> there you go. I, pretty I feel, nice. <laughs> as I said, I haven't seen a ton of them. What I have seen, I feel pretty confident about that. Uh... He's a he's a bright player. He's he's intelligent and uh, he's good movement. To, uh, you know, intelligent movement mm-hmm. inside the box and he's kind of a, a natural poacher. But uh, he's smart. To, he's a nice touch too, from what I've seen. Mm-hmm. Decent touch, decent first touch, and um, yeah. finishes with both feet. So there's lots to like there. Yeah, and just on a last point, we'll try to keep this one a little bit shorter. Uh, I guess is that uh, in his comments, John Herdman was talking about how. Some guys he felt were using interviews or talks, but being called into the Canada camp maybe as leverage with other national teams. Wasn't really clear exactly what he was referring to, but he seemed frustrated. Did Herdman with uh, certain people who maybe were kind of toying or playing with Canada to try to get into like an England squad like Tamori maybe or or uh, you know maybe other options. I don't really know. Again, he didn't name names, obviously, but... Uh, or, you know, maybe Jebison is another one, but I don't see there as a world where Jebison can get into an England squad at this point uh, unless he really explodes. But, uh, yeah, I don't know if you watched any of uh, Herdman's comments and, and what you make of that. I mean, the first name that came to mind for me was Marcelo Flores, who, um, I mean, mm. it's it's internet chatter, so who knows what you draw from this. But, you know, a promising young player at Arsenal who is pretty well regarded and has options. Um and made the, the 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 gold cup long list of fifty for for Canada, which sort of turned some heads, and made people think maybe he was committing. And then it was sort of talked about a rumor that he just allowed himself to be put there to kind of put a little pressure on Mexico to 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 jump on making sure they got him involved there. And he has been involved with I think it was the U19s of Mexico. They had a some European friendlies of late that. Uh, Flores has played in. So that's kind of where my mind went with those comments mm. when 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 um Herd was talking about most conversations get real. Um I don't see tomorrow. I mean tomorrow seems like a pretty straight shooter, and I think fairly understandably, given how much time he's been in England, how he's been kind of coming up through the ranks there and and played on that team at the U20 World Cup, that you know, he's committed to England and you know, I think they're kind of jerking him around, giving him, you know, a run out against Andorra and then dropping him from the squad again. I thought that was kind of a dick move, but um hmm. he, he's now cap tied again permanently, theoretically, to England. Uh, that's the second time he's been theoretically permanently cap tied to England. So <laughs> I think that ship has sailed. I can't see FIFA changing the rules again somehow to let him hmm. um 
move on. But it's too bad. Tomori's a very good player, and obviously uh, central defense depth would be massive for Canada. And even if he wouldn't have been eligible till right for the World Cup, that would have would have helped. But yeah, I mean, there's lots of dual nationals. Who knows what's wherever Jefferson's heads at? He's he's in the latest England U19, I think, squad. Um, uh, you know, Diaz is a dual national who seems fairly committed to Canada potentially. Um, so we'll have to see. But I mean, right now, uh, you know, uh, Ina Sally, people are sort of saying, oh, Ina Sally, the 15 year old who's from Toronto, who um, has sort of been taken under George Kaji's wing in place for his club in, in Romania and now has been called up to the full Romanian national team as a 15 year old. Well, um, so you'd love to see a guy like that with Canada, but I mean, what world is Canada calling a 15 year old up right now who doesn't even start for a middle yeah. table team in Romania? Like, I mean, it's, yeah. and this Sally might be a great player someday, but you know, you're not going to drop Jonathan Osorio for a kid that was born in 2006. It's just not, it's just not reasonable. And I mean, you know, if it was, a different time of year is a di- you know a different situation. Maybe you think about it, but not. It's possible Sally has absolutely zero interest to play for Canada as well. I don't know. He seems very. Um, I mean, when you're kind of your mentor is the greatest player in the history of the country you're living in, it's kind of tough to say I'm going to play for a different country. I'm sure. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, and uh, to me, like I'm beyond being worried about this stuff because, like, I know people on the internet, on the Facebook Voyagers Facebook group, whatever love to get offended when somebody picks another country over Canada. We have so many guys who have picked Canada, like Alfonso Davies picked Canada, like Johnny David's on Canada, like Estacchio's on Canada. Like we have all these guys, like I'm not concerned. Like when Dominic Yankov decides to play for Bulgaria, like this Sally plays for Romania, like who's who honestly, you know, maybe those guys sneak into the world cup because they get into some group with Liechtenstein and San Marino, but, you know, probably not on a, on a World Cup window. And I think, you know, obviously you got to put one step ahead of the time. But I think a Canadian, this Canadian team, if they get into the World Cup, like they're going to do a lot better than Bulgaria would or Romania would even, you know, like. And so I think the, 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 the era of Canadian national team fans being insecure about all this should come should be should should be in the start to be in the rear movie here i realize we're all injured and wounded and you know owen hargreaves maybe is that a raw memory i don't know hard to hard to blame the guy too much or you know maybe maybe others but uh you know at the end of the day like if dominic yankov wants to play for bulgaria and play 10 games and not score and never see the world cup instead of playing for canada where he's got a great chance i think this canadian team has a great chance of making the world cup and if they don't make this World Cup, they're hosting and the future is so bright. Like, I don't know. I think it's actually, it's it's gone from like, you know, too bad. That's sad that they didn't play for Canada. And to some degree it is, but it's actually gone from, oh, well, like your loss, really big time your loss. I don't know what you see, how you see it. I Yeah, I definitely see what you're saying. And I, I definitely agree to a certain extent. And I mean... I mean, I guess it goes back to the Sally situation a little bit as well. I mean, it's it's wild that Romania is going to cap him because, I mean, you know, no, le- I don't want to say legitimate, but, you know, like if, if his other choice was England, you know, England's not going to cap a 15-year-old just to cap time. Neither's 
Argentina or, you know, so neither are we. We're, we're not at that level, obviously, but it's just really yeah. a matter of fact. It's just we're not in a position to just throw caps away on guys who don't deserve them yet. And I don't want to sound harsh on Sally, who I think is very promising. But, I mean, it's a 15-year-old who's it doesn't you know he doesn't he doesn't start even starting right now so um but for me it lands a little bit on you know kind of who they should play for and it's not really for a person to say looking on the outside in but with a guy like Tamori you say well yeah born in Canada so he's very proud of being born in Canada and never had anything bad to say about playing for Canada but grew up in England came up with the Chelsea system so you completely understand why England is more of where he's at um, for his international career. Um, whereas someone like Ayla Canola um, basically spent his whole life in Canada. So it always felt like, well, yeah, why, why is Ayo not wanting to play, you know, and it's not even he wasn't wanting to play for Canada. He just got asked first by the U.S. And I think that steered him in a certain direction. And ultimately, Herdman, I think, even said today that, you know, if, if I was thinking of this head, he might have had better opportunities in the U.S., but, you know, his heart said Canada, and that's the way he went. And so I you got to respect that. I think that's how you have to choose those things. But um, it was the same thing with um, um, with Balu Tabla. I mean, you know, another guy that grew up in Canada just felt like he's a guy that should probably play for Canada. I, by that same logic, I'm not sure. I mean, Ike Ubo did live in Canada. Nigerian heritage, you sort of go, well, he could go either way. And, that, you know, if he decided he wanted to play for Nigeria, I certainly would have nothing bad to say about that. Same as... You know, a guy like Justin Smith um, decides he doesn't really feel like he wants to play for Canada since he grew up in France. Fair enough. I, I understand that. That's that's very understandable. And there's a few other guys in situations like that. They're dual nationals. I mean, obviously, Witherspoon's in that, that boat as well, where obviously Scotland was going to come calling. But, you know, not a, not the strongest ties to Canada, but he's come and, and been a good servant. So, um, yeah, I don't get too hung up on guys who are kind of you know spend a lot of times in different countries and all of all of that it's it's what you you want at the end of the day it's the players that sort of came through here developed here got opportunities somewhere partly through um the coaching and development they got in canada and then to sort of turn their back on that and play for someone else that always rubs me a little bit the wrong way and there's certainly some notable examples of that over the years but um by and large i think not too many people you can think of right now that are playing that that did that path and have chosen not to represent Canada. So uh, I think that's a bit of a, a sea change, as you say. And now uh, I think people should be excited about the opportunity to play for Canada and be fighting and pushing to try and get their foot in the door for what's being built. Yeah. And, you know, didn't mean to disparage anybody's preferences. I just, you know, I've learned in my brief time in sports, 15 years and working with sports teams, hockey teams specifically, doesn't matter who the person is if they don't want to be there they're not helpful like that's just the bottom line so you know herdman can only use people that want to wear the canadian shirt and that's really the bottom line so and, you know, and this the, group is, that's is it. and they do yeah is, yeah i mean and part of it's constructed i mean you know you know there's you know they they come out and they plan to be arm and arm during the anthem and they, everyone has supposed to sing it and all you know and it's sure. You know, it wasn't always that way, and some guys would belt it out, and other guys wouldn't. And, but you know, but this is you, know, you we go out, we stand together, or arm in arm, and we sing it. But you can feel that they're really passionate about when they do it too. Like it's not, yeah. it's not fake. It's it's legitimate, and probably just as importantly, if not more importantly, is you just see 
I mean, Herbner calls it the brotherhood and I, you know, it's a good word for it. I mean, these guys, all of each other's back. They, 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 they they really care about each other and they play for each other. And we haven't seen that level of um, passion and buy-in within the group one to 23. I mean, there's different, you know, you knew some guys would stand up for each other and other guys, you know, and some guys would stand up for any player on the team, but you know, it was, was never that all for one kind of thing you see now. And I think it really helps to have that, that collective mentality and that, that complete buy-in with each other as a group. And these guys all really care about each other. And that, that's incredibly valuable as, as you know, being around teams and it's, it's tough to build them and you can't fake it either. Yeah. Can't fake it, but you fake it till you make it. And, uh, you know, get these guys to uh, see the culture of a guy like Alfonso Davies caring and John David caring and whatever. And and they, you know, the more important thing than even the, the flag and the national anthem, as much as we want that matters to us as the fans. And I know as to what you're saying, it can matters to these guys too, to some degree, but it's more important that they like each other, that they feel a bond with each other. Um that's what's that's whether you think that's cool or fair or not that's not the point the point is that's what matters to athletes at that level at the competitive level and they seem to so uh, you know none of that matters if they don't go and go get results so far it's been pretty good hopefully it keeps going as this canadian men's national team will take on two very tough opponents as always in Calcaf in edmonton in the octagon matt Gurley, thank you for your time and uh Stay safe, stay cold, and we'll talk to you from Edmonton. Sounds good. Looking forward to it. Talk to you, uh, I guess, a week.